Collin, it's Media Network Variety Hour. I'm Thomas. I'm James. Hey, there you go. Hi. And, uh, Hi. <laughs> ooh, boy, uh, James, how's uh, how's your June going? You know, my June is is going okay. How's your um, how's your last you know week going specifically? Ah, James. Oh, <laughs> uh, lad. What's, uh, uh, what's up? <laughs> this is gonna be a uh, this is gonna be a Thomas tells weird stories episode. <laughs> so my uh, for context, my uh, my family lives out in the country here in the hi- beautiful hills of East Tennessee. Actually, it's on we built a house out on the uh, farm I grew up on. It's uh, you know a good half mile off the road. You don't really get any visitors it's real peaceful like your cars winding distance. dirt and gravel road you so gotta, it's not yeah you know, it's not very uh, inviting no it's not inviting at all like to, to get into the driveway you kind of have to like risk your suspension and then from there it just gets worse and you get eyeballed by cows you have to drive through a literal cow field you get eyeballed by cows and they are some judgy ass heifers i'm gonna they go are. ahead and just give that one to you <laughs> they know how many hamburgers you've had and you know one of the one of the best things about growing up out here is I can count on one hand how many times assholes just showed up at odd hours, weirding me out. You know how many times that was growing up, James? The first twenty two um, years I lived here. Well, you said you can count it on one hand, so uh, five. Let's say five. I would say you're wrong. It was one. It was oh. exactly one time. And growing up here for twenty two years, there was exactly one time when. Uh, like a bunch of teenagers were coon hunting out like further up the ridge and we went out and talked to them and we were like, oh, it's probably, you know, John's boy, but we'll go out there and check. Was it John's boy? It was John's boy and his two oh, okay. drunk hee friends. We told them to go the hell home. <laughs> go pound uh, sand. Well, there's no sand out here. It's just red clay. You have been gone <laughs> a while, haven't you, James? I have. I have. <laughs> Well, that all changed in June, James. It all changed this June. <laughs> Who sent out the, the call to all the meth heads around? I don't know. There was some kind of fucking horn that was blown. <laughs> and there's been an ingress challenging that, my good Christian the, <laughs> uh, you know, ways and restraint. The White Walkers have appeared at your gates. <laughs> and by White Walkers, we, we do mean, well, East Tennessee hill folk. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> the ones with the farmer's tans and the neck tattoos. All right. Okay, start start from the right. beginning. What happened first? All right, so uh story story zero, story Z, as uh as as they our friends up north would call it. It's actually kind of a I I see this one as kind of bittersweet. It's not it's not harrowing or anything. Um what was it like last week last weekend, I guess. Uh you and me yeah, and I think it friend, was. Of the, friend of the show, Patrick Mitten. We're all uh, online playing the division like we do, shooting terrorists like any good American would. Right. And the way that my house is constructed is my office is sort of like an atrium, and there's a big set of French doors that go out to where the cars typically park. And I'm sitting here playing games, and I hear at 10 o'clock at night, and that is not a sound I think I've ever heard at 10 o'clock at night. No. And so I look to my left at these big French doors with no blinds on them. And there's a lady standing there. She's taller (laughs) than I am. She's uh, got a full, like, upper torso full of tattoos. 
And she's got her nose pressed against my glass. <laughs> and she's saying, I'm not dangerous, I promise. <laughs> That's just what someone who's dangerous would say. That's <laughs> ah, uh, one of the oldest, what, what is it the guy from Princess Bride says? One of the oldest fallacies? Yeah. Well, to be fair, it did turn out that she wasn't dangerous. She actually used to live at one of the houses that's up here on the farm. Our our driveway is uh, more than a quarter mile of gravel coming off the road in a very unfriendly way. But there's three houses up here, including mine. And one of them used to belong to my uncle before he moved to Atlanta. And so we just divided out that little bitty lot and they sold it. And it's had a couple of tenants over the years. But this lady, and I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of her too much it's not about her and her life this is about how just fucking weird my june has been but she used to live there she lived there 15 years ago um, and her and her current boyfriend wanted to reminisce about the good old days of which he wasn't a part but she wanted to reminisce and so they went for a nighttime country drive to see the stars and park their up a private Soul. driveway in my culvert. <laughs> right. So I am like, okay, this is odd. I'm not letting you into my house. Why don't you go on down to the culvert where I see your car and I'll just get a flashlight and a gun and I will come down there <laughs> once I have my boots on. <sighs> and I go uh-huh. down there and it's basically two and a half hours of them trying desperately to get a, forward, a front wheel drive Kia Soul who oh my gosh. two-thirds of the car is sunk completely into a culvert that is deeper than the car is tall. And, I mean, they they just they just don't have the means to just immediately call a wrecker when things are obvious you're going to need a wrecker. So mm-hmm. it's me and my dad who lives next door and the guy that lives in that house now, and we're all just kind of like standing around watching this guy kind of floor it to try to get it out of a culvert. Just digging himself deeper, I'm sure. More or less. And occasionally rocking it a little bit so that it would slide deeper into the culvert. And you're just like, please don't do that. And then please don't climb back behind it. And please don't stand in front of it when he's gunning it. And there was a lot of like me being a parent to to these people. (laughs) (sighs) So So, out of curiosity, do you think they were driving around um, with their lights off so that they wouldn't be seen? And that's how they found themselves inside the culvert? I mean, it's not a, a, a wide road. So I could see how people might run off of it, especially if they don't have any lights to see. Do you think that's what was going on? Maybe. I I don't know. I think it had to be, well, no, there was no moon that night. So I'm not sure they could have even gotten that far if they didn't have their lights on. Hmm. Just, just thinking about it. I think that they just, you know, they got to, the culvert is right at the um, entrance to that neighbor's house. So mm-hmm. they clearly got to that entrance and were like, well, we're not going to roll up like next to his house. We'll get shot. So we'll start backing <laughs> up. And this culvert that we passed and would have seen in our high beams, because it's a big fucking culvert, we're just not going to think too much about. And so in it goes. And uh, Do you think she went up to your neighbor's house first or did she come to you first because you had lights on? Wow, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that I had lights on at that point. No, but, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting question. I didn't even think to wonder that because uh, I feel like I was definitely the first now that you mentioned it. Yeah, why would she... I mean, you're further away than he is at that point. I don't well, understand. Maybe, maybe they divided and conquered. Maybe the boyfriend went to the oh. neighbors and maybe she went up. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a if they had any sense reason. about him, they sent the the lady because, you know, most people aren't, um, 
there there is still a stereotype that ladies aren't as dangerous as men even though we all know that's 100 percent false the female <laughs> is the more most dangerous of the species we, we understand so, this i would assume that uh they you know they send her up there alone for that uh Maybe. reason in particular maybe and i mean there's a there's a whole um like there's just a lot of people who i think are just super naive <laughs> Sure. a lot of things and i just feel like these are one of those naive people and like i said i don't want to like make fun of her i mean it was just like a shitty thing that happened and i god knows i have done a bunch of dumb stuff especially in cars and especially in places i just had no good goddamn reason to be in so it was just fucking bizarre that in it is really strange years, this has never happened and, and here we are here we are and so the long story short like we know uh we have a family friend down the road runs a trekker uh, re- uh wrecking service so we got a hold of him and like, you know, slipped him the cash and uh, got them pulled out and on the way. And it was one of those things where like I basically had to pack him a lunch and give him a flashlight and <laughs> right. know, wave, wave him by and make sure the yeah. name was on their underwear. It was, but, you know, we got him out of there and it, it, it was all good. And, you know, at, at the end of that, I could at least sort of feel like it was super weird, but we kind of did a good thing. You know, we, we all went out on it and it, it could have been worse. Their car wasn't like severely damaged. One thing I will say is that whenever we buy cars, we are... Even when we buy cheap cars, we make sure that there's something that we could hook like a bobcat to in order mm-hmm. to drag it out of a ditch. And it turns out that the Kia Soul was designed to be like shipped in those um, plastic rings that you get like beer cans and soda cans out of. <laughs> it is not, you just pop them out. Yeah, it's not designed to have anything hooked up to any component of that chassis. Like I, I my dad's an old mechanic. Uh, the other guy, my neighbor, is super handy. He fixes trucks. So like they were both crawling under there. There's like there's nothing under here. It's like there's, there's nothing to hook you up to. We would pull you out with a bobcat, but there's nothing here. Man. So that's why we had to call a wrecker. Like you know we have means. We live on a fucking farm. You know you want a tractor. You want a bobcat. We can like we can make some stuff happen. But you gotta have something to gotta have something to latch onto. You can't just just wrap a uh, a rope around the side view mirror and pull them out. You know that's not it, how that works. If it was my car, I might have even tried that. But there's also a <laughs> moment when you're like on your property in the middle of the night and it's raining, and you're like, when this goes sideways and like the mirror flies off and like smacks one of them in the head or whatever awful thing that my family luck would have happened to us trying to do a good <laughs> deed through half-assed means. It's like you know that wrongful death lawsuit will just fall right in your lap, and it's just yep. not a good scene. You just you got to take a step back and be like, no. <laughs> acutely aware of that kind of crap that was uh very polite of you though to help them out of this situation uh i know a lot of people would just be like get the fuck off my property give them a countdown whether they're in their car or not and then you know deal with it another way yeah and i'm super sympathetic to that too i mean like i I totally understand like um it's, it's part of my value system that for all the for all the other like weirdly sort of conservative slash sort of libertarian but also socially progressive values that I hold and profess, I am intensely soft hearted when it comes to the human condition. So um I was I was mostly happy that we were able to just help them out there. I mean, I could just be angry that they put us out sixty bucks and three hours out of my Friday night while you guys were like power leveling and dauntless without me. <laughs> But you know, what's the point? Life's short. True. Yep. Uh, now you I have a story. I don't think I've been able to play games with you guys since, though. I think that there might be a, there There's might be a, a curse. curse going. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, to break it, you have to play World of Warcraft with us. It's, it's just the way it happens. 
Sorry. This this is one of those things as the next story will hold that will only escalate. And I have to tell you right now, and I want you to remember this at the conclusion of the next story, that I will not play World of Warcraft. It doesn't matter what Satan throws at me. I will fight it tooth and nail before I succumb to that beast. All right. We'll see you after next weekend. I'm sending oh, people to your house. I'm, I'm just paying crackheads. Turns out you don't have to, buddy. Turns out you don't have to. So, so the, what do you mean um, by next story? God. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm a gun guy. This hasn't come up in this episode yet. But, um, you know, I live out in the country. I live on a farm in East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Of course, I got a bunch of guns. Um, I'm actually on the episode of Okay, But Why, where I defend the fact that guns should be a thing that we have. Yep. We actually teased that on last week's Hoots Hollering, but uh, it hasn't yeah. come out yet. So hopefully by the end of this week, you'll be able to hear that. And just as a further teaser, um, I think Lisa probably, she said that she wants to kind of do a follow-up episode to that too, because guns is one of those things. It's probably the first really controversial topic that like that show has tackled. Yep. And like everybody sat with it and the next day was like, we should do another one of those because I want to talk about more stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, <laughs> we've got follow-ups. Sure. Yeah. Here I'm, I'm here all day. That's not true. I have a job. So last night, oh no, I'm sorry, this morning, this morning, yesterday we played Dungeons and Dragons with uh, some friends of the show, uh, Devin was there, um, I don't think anybody else that's been on the network yet was there, but we had a few friends over. Not yet, but soon. Play, yeah, soon, soon. Uh, <laughs> so we played Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons, and that breaks up about midnight like it usually does. And uh, so we all go to bed, everybody leaves. Me and Devin go to bed, and I am woken up at 2.30 a.m. by Devin's phone ringing, and I hear her try to answer it, and all I hear when she tries to answer it is my stepdaughter, who's 20, uh, just her shrill voice trying to say something before she hangs up, and then my phone starts ringing. And so I pick up my phone, and my stepdaughter is in an absolute panic because she says that somebody knocked on her window now just to um, kind of set the scene a little bit your stepdaughter is directly below you in the house right yeah so to map out the uh the geography of the house a little bit we um we live in a you know a pretty good size uh house we built out here in the country it's two floors on the um, walkout basement floor is where you would come in from like where we park the cars or the front yard and um, my stepdaughter's room is down there, kind of at ground level. Mm-hmm. And the second level, which walks out to sort of the back, it's all on a hill. So you walk out at the back, it's the top part of the hill. And that's where the uh, two littler kids and our bedrooms are. Yeah. And so she's just freaking out and panicking on the phone with me. And me and Devin are sitting up in bed looking at each other like, well, that's weird. But I mean, probably not. We live forever off the road. If anybody was anywhere near our house at 2.30 at night, they are like literally asking to be shot at. Because that's the culture out here. You don't go to somebody's house who's a stranger in the middle of the night. Nope. Because it's a bunch of fucking rednecks out here, myself included. We are a jumpy lot. We are distrustful uh, the wee hours of the morning. You know, well, fine for good reason, too. Daylight, I mean, but. Uh, for good reason, <laughs> because at that, 
yeah, where you live and where I used to live, you have to be suspicious of strangers and things like that because the cops ain't going to get to you in no, any that, yes. reasonable time frame at all. We're n- so yeah, we're not like in Montana where the state troopers would have to helicopter in to like work on a case or anything. Right. But if you make an emergency services call, you're waiting half an hour minimum. That's if you're lucky. If you're lucky. I half mean, an I, hour. Yeah. I've had ambulances take half an hour to get here and then they couldn't sure. actually get up part of the hill. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not an easy access. And I mean, you know, this is rural America in the middle of the opioid crisis. Um, you know, we used to be, I think, top in exporting marijuana, but now we're like third in exporting meth. So, all right. Yeah, I know. Uh, Tennessee. Woo. I should look up those numbers for show notes, but I mean, it's, it's a problem. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's basically no reason for anyone to ever be here. And there's a lot of reasons for people to like come here and steal your power tools. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're going to, it's not like it's high crime. It's just, there's just a lot of smashing grabs. It's, it's a thing. And so, you know, this seems unlikely, but at that moment when me and Devin are looking at each other outside of our window, in the bedroom, we have these three big, gorgeous windows that kind of overlook the uh, the mountain view that we have, and the power lines from the road kind of come up that direction. And there's a bright lightning flash outside of our window, and the power goes off for a good three seconds, They're just long enough to be like, "Oh fuck, is the power off?" And then it comes back on. And so I'm still on the phone with my daughter, and I'm like, "Well, you probably just heard raindrops because that was obviously lightning." So this is all weird. This is a a fucking weird Monday, but okay, we'll roll with it. Um, If somebody in in a house like this, if somebody hears a legitimate bump in the night that they're really worried about, then the protocol is you get the gun and a flashlight and you look around, you know, shine it over at the barn, nothing weird, go to the porch. It's kind of like the, it's a lot like in most cases, the whole like look in the closet for the monster sort of situation. You're like, I mean, I've done that. And like, if I think something's weird, I'll just go look around. How often would you say that um, you have to like go look around? Is that a common occurrence, kind of semi-common, once a year kind of thing? Or I've lived here two years since we built this house, and I haven't had to do it yet. Okay, so not common at all. No, no, it's not common. I mean, it's more of like I don't want to say a trope. It's just like it's just like an understanding. Yeah, you know, it's like a peace of mind. You don't just kind of hand wave those kinds of things away because uh-huh. you never know what's going on. And I mean, it's not like there's a lot of stuff out here that could really make a suspicious <laughs> racket. But, you know, for some reason, I just like, eh, whatever, it's probably raining. And so uh, Devin goes down uh, to comfort her, which is at one side of the house. And I head towards my office, which, as we talked about earlier, goes out to where the cars are parked. That's uh, where my gun safe is. So, you know, I'm just going to amble in there. And I've got this, I have a really nice nine um, millimeter that I like a lot. And I've got a really powerful flashlight attached to it. So it's a great all-purpose, just like bump in the night sort of gun. And I come around the corner and I'm looking, I'm standing outside my office, looking through my office, outside those French doors that we were talking about. And there's an older bearded man outside the doors, leaning against my car, flipping a Zippo lighter in his hand. Oh my gosh. And I cannot explain the sensation caused by whatever chemical cocktail dumped into my brain at that moment, because I look light, I look at him and there's enough light going on inside. Like I, I run nightlights. Like I didn't, there's, it's like the bedrooms are really dark, but the areas that aren't bedrooms, I usually have a nightlight or my office just runs a lamp all the time. Cause I'm too lazy to turn it off. 
I'm looking at him, and then I look slightly to his left, which is where my gun safe is. He's outside the door, and that outside door is just right next to my gun safe. So immediately, the gears are turning in my head, and it's like that nightmare scenario that you never thought you'd have to worry about where some meth head's going to kick in your door, and he's closer to my guns than I am. Yeah. I start out this interaction intensely disconcerted. Understandably. So, <laughs> I, um... Wait, hang on. Uh, one second. Did you... Uh, when you were talking about um, Ashlyn freaking out because she saw someone outside... Uh, spoilers, I've heard parts of this story before. Um, <laughs> did uh, Earlier today, didn't you tell me that he tapped on her window or something? Yeah, no, that's why she called freaking out. She heard yeah. someone tapping on her window. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't think you mentioned that uh, earlier. If you did, yeah. I'm sorry. That's... Yeah. That's even creepier. And then when you come down, just picture this fucking Jeffrey Dahmer looking guy. Or not Jeffrey Dahmer. Who was the crazy guy with the swastika in his head? Uh, Bundy? But nope. Mm -mm. Mm. We're getting yelled at so hard. Yeah, no, I can hear our true conference. (laughs) No, but I mean, just think about like a, uh, imagine a biker, like a stereotypical biker, but uh, replace the leathers with, I think he was wearing like overalls and a red bandana on his hair. And he was just nonchalantly oh leaning against my car, waiting for me ostensibly to come out of my house for what purposes? I don't know. And at this moment, I'm intensely aware that from where I'm standing to my left in this like den area of my basement that I'm standing in, there are two big fringe doors. Charles Manson, uh, by the way, the guy, Charles Manson. we'll get to this in a little bit, but dude looks like Charles Manson. And so I'm looking at him, I'm looking at my gun safe, and right next to my gun safe is a window, and it occurs to me the intense tactical error that I've made in storing all my guns next to the natural ingress yeah. for any sort of home invader. So that's that's a thought that I'm having. <laughs> but also it's two thirty in the morning. My like I'm having an adre- like an adrenaline dump, but I'm also super fuzzy headed. And I just, I, the way that I remember this is I gave him, like, you know how Obama had that kind of smirk, like that mm, smirk that Obama would sometimes have, like yeah. almost congenial. I want to say that I put that on my face and just <laughs> looked at him, looked him square in the face, and then walked to my gun safe. And it's important to note that you can't see me interacting with the gun safe from where he's at, mm-hmm. leaning against my car. And so I am intensely proud of myself for the fact that in the middle of all this, I managed to get the combination dial. Cause this isn't one of those like fucking biometric scan your thumb deals. This is a good old fashioned old reliable combination lock, you know, uh, right, left, right kind of thing, right, left, right. You know, if you turn it one too many times because you're sleepy, then you got to do it again. And I got yep. it on the first fucking try. Nice. Good job. Uh, and this is, I mean, this is where it probably gets weird for people who, <laughs> Don't have an intensely who weren't raised in this sort of independence culture, I guess. And it's also where anybody who's really thinking about it will probably yell at me for the things I'm doing wrong. And we'll we'll go over that in kind of at the end. I'll kind of recap some of the things I learned from this dumb experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but my primary concern is to arm myself because there is nothing. Yes. I mean, it's a it's a piece of glass. And frankly, these French doors, I mean, they're just like, they're standard, like commodity French doors, a solid boot, like most doors, but even, especially these will just open them right up. Right. So there's nothing between me and this guy. I don't know who he is. All I know is that he was tapping on my daughter's window. And now he's leaning on your car and flicking a Zippo. 
flicking being a zip completely code. weird. And so, I mean, one of the things that I do is I do practice this lock for a situation like this. I've, I've, I've opened this safe on any number of circumstances. I've opened it thousands of times. I've just, you know, I've practiced, 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 not like as a militia drill, but reps matter. And so I got it and I nailed it and I was just like, nice, nice. Good job, Thomas. Maybe you'll survive this. And (laughs) cool. Now, how many, how many rounds do I have in here? (laughs) Inside the safe, nothing is kept actually loaded. But there are oh, okay. um, three or four. Uh, I don't. I don't want to sound like I'm super macho about this because I'm really not. But there are a handful of tasks on a farm where you may have to like put down a cow. Like you may have to. You may have to shoot a coyote. Like there's a couple of things where like I know where the magazine is and I know which gun to grab for this task. And so the nine millimeter I mentioned earlier, a CZ SP zero one tactical with a flashlight is the one that I have in my head designated for the something went and bump in the night gun. Mm-hmm. This is a fucking bump in the night. So I know exactly where the magazine bump. is. I know exactly. So, you know, I've got the gun loaded. I'm ready to go. And this is where I make a dumb decision, but then I go out the fucking door. Now, I want you to ask yourself, why the fuck would you go out the door? Well, okay. So I thought about that too when you said that this morning. What else are you going to do? I mean, obviously, you can call the cops, but he's not leaving. He's leaning up against your car for some reason. So yeah. it's either you're going to be continually terrorized by this guy in your in your mind and, and any sane person's rightful mind. He's there to either terrorize you. He's not there for a good reason. There's no yeah. way this guy is there for any kind of good reason, even if it's like he's looking for drugs or whatever. Yeah. It's no, not I mean, a good reason. There's no way that this guy's in his right mind, whatever his actual right. intentions are. And I mean, so, well, that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves. I'll recap my tactical errors at the end. <laughs> uh, before but, you, before you go out the door, uh, is Devin aware of what's going on right now? I know she's in there with, uh, with your daughter-in-law, but or not daughter-in-law, your, your stepdaughter. Um, but is she aware of what's going on right now? Not, no, not fully. Um, so she is back towards Ashton's room. And I think I turn to her and tell her there's a guy out here. And then okay. I go and get the gun. So okay. but I haven't like, she's not really fully clued in on what's going on. So she doesn't know. As far as she knows, it could be the same people stuck in the culvert again. And as far as she knows, I'm just gone for a little while. Oh which, my you know, gosh. Also isn't great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But so my first thought is I'll just crack the door and talk to him through the door. Um, but then I like look up and down and because there's light out here, like there's all these bugs and they're like, crawl, there's all these beetles crawling in my door. And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to leave these <laughs> beetles in my bugs door. To get there in was here. a moment where it's like, I don't want all these bugs in my office. So then I step out and close the door behind oh, me. And this shit. doesn't strike me as totally the wrong way. Okay. And I mean, I'm just holding this gun by my right thigh. My feet are in the proper stance. I am being absolutely non-threatening, but what this guy has going for him is that his hands are super visible and I've got good visibility to my left and my right. So I'm not panicked at this point. And so I say, can I help you? Now, did you say that nicely or did you say it like, can I help you? No, it was definitely like, can I help you? Like I was, I was fucking incredulous. I w- I'm incredulous to this entire thing. <laughs> Just imagine the most incredulous ter- tone and the most incredulous like facial heard expressions. It. You've heard it. You've seen it. You lived it. And he like kind of takes the beat and says, "Girl sent me." <laughs> to me, huh? at, at to everything, 
<laughs> Everything that you've said so far makes me think this guy is a a method actor getting into a character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the whole yep. the whole like weird tappy tap window thing, the um, just the way he looks, the flipping the Zippo. You know, every actor has to have like their 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 thing, their prop that they mess with. This yeah, guy's yeah. is a Zippo, and then the Garrel thing. It makes me think this guy is a, a method actor trying to get into character. Yeah, no, and just super nonchalantly leaning back against my Toyota Highlander, right. <laughs> which is a nice comfy height for him. He's a little bit taller than me. Oh my gosh. And I just say, Ex- excuse me? <laughs> and Garrel sent me like, I don't, I don't know any Garrel. And you know, this, this whole time I'm being super non-threatening, but I am hyper I mean, you do have a gun. Of the fact that this is the first time that I have just like been in a situation where i have felt endangered because there is something about this guy's mannerisms his presence that is uh it's just wrong there's i mean there's something wrong here in almost a horror movie sort of way in a way that i have i mean i've i've dealt with i've dealt with drunks and people who are high and i mean i have talked to people in dark places lots of times in my life but this one is weird what makes me what freaks me out is that he obviously sees that you have a gun, right? You didn't walk out sideways or anything like that. Well, here's the thing. Um, I don't, he never acknowledges the, acknowledges the gun, the entire interaction. And I never brandish it. It is always sure. at a very low ready by my right yeah. thigh. Oh no, I do take that back. Uh, we got, I'll touch on that here in a second. Well, um, what I'm, what I was going to say is it's just like, <laughs> there's a good chance that he saw it. If he saw it and didn't yeah. freak out, then that means that he's been in this situation before or it doesn't bother him, which is even scarier than the situation that you're in now. That is, that was my thought at the time, like, because I'm just standing there and to me, it's super obvious because it feels like a thousand pounds in my hand. Like the, the responsibility of the situation I've put myself in, like I have been put in and then I also further stepped into is just all in the four or five pounds of that handgun. And, so I say again, I don't, I don't know any girl or something like all of this conversation is a little bit fuzzy because it was two thirty, and my brain chemicals were really fucked up because your heart's beating through your ears. Yeah, no, I mean like I can hear my heartbeat and I'm looking like I'm keeping like a left, right lookout. Like I am pretty convinced that like other meth heads are going to come from the sides and Garrett yeah. me or something. Like, I don't know what's going on. The fact that he just gutturally was like, Garrett sent me. That's the kind of shit which like, you know, Garrett sends his regards and then you get lit up or whatever. This, <laughs> right. is, this is fucking weird. And so he's like, and he kind of rubs his jaw. Like this is one time he takes his hand away from the Zippo, which is again, good. He kind of rubs his jaw. Like, like he's thinking about it. And he kind of breaks into a grin. It's like, do you know your fence explodes birds? What? Well, that's what I said. I said, what? What? He gestured towards where the power lines, where the flash that I had seen earlier would have been. Said, yeah, popped a bird. It's like, Uh, okay. And no, it's like, it's one of those things. I don't know how long I just looked at him. He's like, brother, I'm pretty sure that was a power line. It's not my fence, but I don't, there's, I don't know any Daryl. There's no Daryl here. I haven't known a Daryl since high school. And he goes, Garrel. I, him either. Uh, it's nothing here, man. Oh my and God. I don't know exactly. Like it's still a little bit fuzzy. Like he just kind of rubbed his jaw and like after the, the bird bit didn't land, he just kind of went back to this sort of placid expression playing with his Zippo. And I was like, there's nothing here for you. And I'm going to go back inside. And like, I'd like kind of slide back inside and he turns around and gets back in his truck 
and uh, his truck is sort of obscured behind my car, and it's uh-huh. like a tiny little... I don't know if it's like an old Ford Ranger or like one of those little Nissan trucks, but it's like a tiny little pickup truck. And so he gets in that and turns around and drives away down my driveway. I watch him go. He gets uh, like a hundred yards away. And so I go back outside and I just do a quick sweep around the house because I, I I don't know what the fuck's going on, but right. um, I just want to make sure that there's nobody else literally lurking in this vicinity right now. So I go out, I lock the door, I go look around and as I'm just kind of looking around, I notice that his truck lights are going up the hill to my parents' house, who are next door. Like, well, that's oh, great. Boy. So um, this, that's the point where I come back in and um, I tell Devin, there's some guy looking for some other guy. Now they're headed to my parents. I'm going to go through the woods. Just, you know, um, don't worry about it, I guess, is basically what I told her. <laughs> I'm going to Rambo this motherfucker. It's like, basically, like, you know, I, I wasn't in Vietnam, but I watched a lot of movies with, like, a guy from The Big Lebowski who always wore the yellow glasses. So I feel like I got this. Yeah. Um, no, but it was kind of like that. Like, so, you know, it's like, uh, lock all the doors, and, uh, like, he wasn't aggressive, but I'm going to go and just, like, slide up through the woods here and make sure that my parents are okay. So I cut through the house, go around back, grab some tennis shoes, and between my house and my parents' house, there's this really nice wooded trail that my dad cut. Yeah. So it's through some pretty dense brush and woods, but it's very easy to navigate at night. And so I head towards that, and I call my dad. And, you know, it's 2.30. He's uh, disturbed that he's woken up, but he isn't having any of this shit. Um, he's He's been around more of this kind of crap than I have, I guess. So mm-hmm. he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Uh, and I tell him there's going to be some guy rolling up in his driveway, and he should probably go yell at him. And so that's what he does. Uh, I told him I was going to be around. I'm, I was like, I'm going to come around back. And um, if you need anything, just like literally yell. But um, I'll just be back here. So you <laughs> they know, won't in see case me. you need anything. Because, I mean, you know, it's it's a pretty big lot. I could I could have worked my way all the way around if I needed mm-hmm. to. But it's like I just wanted to be there as somebody who was awake and armed and, you know, had plenty of adrenaline. So it's not like I was going to sleep anytime soon. And so that's what my dad does. He goes out onto his front porch, which is kind of a balcony since it's a walkout basement. The front porch on the uh, upper level is just a big balcony. And so he goes out there and it's the same exchange. Like, you know, Garrel sent me like, I don't know no fucking Garrel. Get off my land. <laughs> Your and dad was like, not as polite as you were. <laughs> my dad apparently yelled at him uh, enough to startle him into dropping his Zippo lighter. And he apologized <laughs> and asked if he could pick it up. And Whoa. Yeah, my dad was like, I don't fucking care. Get out. Okay. And so they, they head, like the guy heads back down the hill. And so, um, I go and I talk to him and he probably he, didn't see your dad. I bet. Um, so he was probably <laughs> looking up into a light. Yes. Yes. He, he was. didn't see your dad. Yep. He, your dad totally could have been armed easily. If so, you, um, if a you quick don't... motion to, to get down to the lighter could have been seen as hostile. So yeah. good on him for asking, I guess. I don't, I don't know how architecture really falls in a lot of places in the country. I know when I was living in the suburbs, there wasn't really a notion of floodlighting, but a lot of, if not all of the houses out here yeah. in the country have just big floodlights on the corners. Yep. So if you're worried about fucking prowlers in the night, you can just like flip a couple switches and you're in this huge pool of light. And so right. it's super helpful for, they have no idea where you are. You know right. where they are. And he totally would have been like up on that porch next to a floodlight and, you know, right. been one of those, uh, Officers on the watch tower, but I mean, I don't know at, at the end of it, um, having come through the other side, I don't know that that guy in particular, I think he was just drunk. Sure. 
but or it was still high off or of something. High or, yeah, I mean, uh, so there's whatever. a there's actually another detail that uh, you've omitted in this story, but you told me earlier today. Didn't you say when they drove away from your house and when they were also driving away mm-hmm. from your dad's house, they kept their their truck's lights off for a good amount of time? Yeah, yeah. And this is one of those details, like him not acknowledging the gun that I was holding, that you can chalk up either to, like, just real primo cat burglary or the fact that he was not checked in to reality. Yeah, it could be either. Yeah. When he was driving away, he got out of our floodlights before he turned on his lights. And it was kind of the same deal when he was leaving my parents' house. And that's one of the things that um, I've heard police officers look for when they're like out catching DUIs on a Friday night is just look for people who are driving with their headlights on because you're on the interstate, just you've got enough light, it doesn't occur to you because you're drunk, and that, yeah. uh, that's how they, they nab people. Fair so, enough. I, I don't know, man. The, the whole thing was just real raw. Um, and so I basically just didn't sleep that night and Devin was deeply disturbed and I mm-hmm. think Ashlyn handled it pretty well, even though she was like ostensibly, I don't know if she's the one in the most danger, but she was definitely like the first point of contact for a if prowler. She, man. Uh, yeah, I would say that she probably was. If, if there was someone tapping on my window when I was her age, I would still be freaking out about it right now. That's just, that's creepy. That's just, that's messed up. And also what? So the guy taps on the window a bird gets electrocuted yep, immediately. Yep, yep. Is that like a harbinger? Did he have crows with him? What the fuck? And then he, <laughs> and, then, and then this happens that you've just gone over. I don't, this is like yeah, something out of a movie. It's super weird. Now, I mean, one thing I will say, and you can hear Devin talk about this, I think in the first Okay, But Why, but Devin's pagan. And so she believes in a little bit of magic in the universe. Uh-huh. And so it's definitely her opinion that the the whole bird thing was some kind of sign to like take the whole situation seriously. I mean, she's got a point. <laughs> this is one I mean, thing that one time that I'm not going to disagree with her at all. It's fucking hard to account for um, the just so many weird things happening so densely. And right. um, I mean, this is one of those stories where I mean, especially up until this point, uh, there's still a little more to it. Uh, but up to this point, what I've told is a story. In which nothing bad happened. But it has still managed to rob me of some degree of the sense of safety that I felt in this house. And there was a lot of, like I said, once I had stepped outside that door and that situation became as wrong as it had been, there was a moment where I acknowledged to myself that if his hands disappeared or if he came towards me, that I would have, I would be using a gun for the first time in self-defense. Like mm-hmm. I was resolved to actually fire on this person that I was standing near and acknowledged as a human being. Yeah. And that has actually been, I think maybe even the hardest thing to deal with is it just like, um, as, as a matter of theory, having uh, a gun in the house to defend against somebody is one thing. And like, you know, you hear about people who do that and they shoot people who are prowling in their house or whatever. That was, it's never something that I've had to like really look in the face to the point where I could see the whites of its eyes and say like, you know, I can actually see the Rubicon there and I know exactly how the crossing will happen. And I mean, I don't know. It's troubling. It's, it's deeply troubling. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, how far, just out of curiosity, how far would you say you were from the guy while you were having your conversation with him? I'd call it 15 feet. Okay. I mean, that's well within the danger zone. You shouldn't um, 
I mean, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 15 feet is not enough time, especially for somebody who's untrained like I am to like effectively neutralize somebody who is trying to come at you, especially if there's drugs involved, especially right. if you're not a great shot, which I mean, I'm a, I'm a fair to Midland shot. I'm fine, but you know, I don't, I don't drill in combat tactics. That's not what I'm about. It's not like he gave you a whole lot of choice though. No. And I mean, I was, I, I mean, I just, I was, it wasn't a safe, I made a bunch of poor decisions. Like I shouldn't have gone outside. I should have kept Devin looped in. We should have called the sheriff's department as soon as I saw him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we didn't do any of that because we're fucking country folk. You know, you don't go to the doctor unless it's still bleeding after the third day. (laughs) Right. And it's a first time situation, too. I mean, now the the good in this is that it's actually got you thinking about what happens if this wasn't just a drunk. What if it was a malicious person? Yeah. What do you do? Just to, to put a pin in that guy's story, he was actually picked up later that morning by uh, the sheriff's department. He was driving around another guy who may or may not have been in the truck at the time I saw him. Which is super fucking scary. I'm I'm pretty sure that there would have been shooting if another guy had like yeah. come from an oblique angle, like out of the truck and around to one side. There's no way like... Oh my God. I w- there would have been a retreat or fight sort of situation and yeah. it would have been real bad for everybody involved. And I'm super glad that um, like it's some of it's my mistakes in how I got to that point, but I'm just super glad that that didn't happen. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, he, that guy is a literally like I, I've got family all over these Hills. I've got family who are into drugs. Like I have people who are addicted to meth in my family and I've been clued in from those people that the guy, the, the passenger was a known dealer and known to be kind of a conduit for meth in the area. So he was in the area because he was caught with the guy that I saw who was driving drunk and got picked up by the sheriff's forge. Jesus. So yeah, I had a, I have a cousin across the hill and it turns out that the guy or guys had started at my neighbors that we talked about before, come to us, went to my parents, left our property, went across the street and up another hill to my cousins did the same thing where there the meth dealer guy got out of the car and just kind of disappeared for some amount of time. Oh my gosh. And so there's just like all this driving around and goings on. And the hilarious thing is just like, I posted my part of it on Facebook and in the, uh, like the local town has a group. And so we kind of all put it together, what was going on and that he got arrested. But it's like, man, that, that really upped the squick out factor was yes. like, it, I mean, maybe that guy wasn't the one that tapped on the window. Oh, good point. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the guy tapped on the window, then went back to the truck. And the guy I saw was just the drunk driving, driving him around. Oh my I gosh. have no idea. Maybe he was the responsible one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I don't know. And I mean, there, there's a lot about how I handled it. Um, like I need, I need some kind of safe storage for something upstairs like in the bedroom area so that when this sort of thing occurs i'm not at the mercy of all of my weapons being right (laughs) next to the most obvious point of ingress there's a murderer at your french doors with with all glass you're just like hold on please i need to open this combination lock to get something to murder you with (laughs) hope i get it right the first time yeah could you just hang on a minute fucking great idea pause time Um, out and, I, and um, frankly, the the right move because I've got I've got a whole family here. The right move is to acknowledge that that guy is there, and then to just go back upstairs and barricade myself around the little's room and call the sheriff's department, and then just not worry about the rest of it. Because the last <laughs> thing that 
I need to do is to actually confront somebody in a situation that that's weird unless I really have to. Yeah. Really, the only reason I went out there and talked to him was like a vestigial neighborliness. Like, well, you know, this is fucking weird. I might have to shoot him, but you know, you go and you talk to people. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I, to me, um, so we, like you, we grew up in, in the, in the sticks where again, you couldn't get uh, a cop to come see you the same day if you were lucky. Um, this, this kind of stuff happened with my dad a couple of times while I, I remember living in that house. He always did. One thing I did want to point out is I don't, I don't know if you've seen your dad done this, did this or, or what, but the um, getting a gun and holding it stiff armed at your side is the quintessential Southern dad thing. Oh dude. Yep. My dad good. would never answer the door after 9 PM without being sideways looking around the door with a, with his, with his handgun at its side. I don't know if that's a learned behavior or what, but that's one. That's just what happens. Well, there's something in that, like my, my dad was never, um, like kind of like me, my dad was never quick to escalate something. So Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, it would have to be like a really raggedy ass car showing up after nine for him to be like, "Mm, maybe I'll get that gun. (laughs) But there is something about like, um, I think it's just a lack of training around firearms where you're in a super tense situation. Mm hmm. There's something about that stiff. I mean, you're exactly right. And that is exactly what I was doing. Stiff arm. A stiff right arm Mm -hmm. where like there is something, there's almost like a spring steel instinct in you that makes you want to just like whip it up and take care of whatever it is that's scaring the fuck out of you. But you're kind of holding it back. And that stress response just makes that arm stiff. It's, it's a concealing without really, it's, it's, it's a way to conceal a weapon without, or with, while still giving the impression that you do have a weapon. Like it's a, I'm not brandishing this at you, but you know what I've got behind my side. Basically don't panic and shoot me first, but you can tell by the way I'm holding my shoulder that I'm holding something. Yep. Yeah. I could look at someone and and tell that they've, they've got a weapon uh, immediately if they're doing that. Yeah, what's interesting I, I is learned, I, I'm I'm pretty sure you only do that around your property too. I don't think anybody um, would ever carry a weapon like that on someone else's property or you know for malicious intent. I think it's a, a innately defensive posture. I could I could see that. It's definitely like it's a very restrained posture, right? It's, yeah, that it's, makes sense. You know what? It's as close as we have to baring our teeth, like dogs. I could see that. It's a, it's a, I'm going to bite you, but I'm not currently biting you. If you come closer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what it is. Just please don't come closer. God damn it. It's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was, that was one thing that I, I did uh, want to say uh, while we were talking. Secondly, um, I did want to move this conversation into, since you and I are both nerds and we love any kind of automation, what what can we do to automate your house to make you a little safer? Like, what are what are the things that we can do to make you not feel like you have to put yourself in that situation to go out and uh, confront the guy? Yeah, I mean that's what we do. We um, as nerds, we we take any problem that we have and we look at it and we're like, well, maybe is there a way we could just over-engineer a solution so that we will have more complicated but yes. unrelated problems in the course of solving this problem? Right, and I mean, exactly. I was, I was like, I didn't sleep last night. I was useless at work. Useless at work. That's really all I did today. 
Um, I, I know that you have an interest in home automation. I do. And I, I do too. Um, I run a lot of, um, smart switches mm-hmm. and do a lot of lighting control. Like, you know, we'll use Alexa, Alexa, stop uh, <laughs> to, to control lights. And that sounds weirder than it is once you get used to it. Um, and I like that ability to like the, the, the fetish ideal that I've always had is something like, you know, how on Star Trek, the starship would have some kind of big display and it would have like all the system statuses. Yes. Like my dream is just to one day have one big board, that master control board or something in the house. Like, I don't know why I want to know which doors are open, but I just want it on that fucking board. <laughs> right. And that, you know, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, I start like, and also as somebody like my day job is operations. So anytime you have some kind of critical failure, you take a, por- a postmortem mm-hmm. and you look at it and you're like, so what did we learn? What can we do? And, um, I, I, we've been kind of resistant to installing things like cameras around the house, but we are kind of plumbed for it with wiring. So a lot of what I uh, looked into today were ideas for doing things like detecting a car coming up this big stretch of gravel that I have. Because uh, there's basically nothing else that could be on that stretch of gravel if it's big enough than a car because it's a big part of our driveway. And there's no reason that somebody be on that part of our driveway unless it's one of us or somebody we don't want here. Sure. So um, I've been kind of looking at big motion sensors that are designed to specifically detect cars, and you can kind of place them a little bit remotely. I think um, one of the one of the issues you might have there is because you do have cows in that field. That will I was get thinking close. about that. And the um, for anybody who has never seen a cattle crossing, there's this idea where cows generally are a little bit cowardly. They're very curious, but mm-hmm. they are little. They're they're kind of a uh, kind of cowards. So one of the um, things you see a lot around here and other places. We saw them a bunch when we went uh, out west on, what was that? Yeah. Highway 66? 6. Yeah. yeah, we saw a bunch on 66, but it's, it's a big grate. And so ours are um, made of like lumber or concrete. And so cows just don't want to try to walk over it because it looks like they'll fall in. But you can just drive over it, fine. Um, but I was thinking that if I took kind of a motion sensor that's designed to detect large stuff and faced it inward from that cattle crossing then okay. like it would it's supposed to not trigger on things small like deer which we have a lot of deer right and the cows would be on the other side and if they're actually if they're on the side i need to know about it so that's not a bad thing true yeah <laughs> true and so in theory like you would be able to do something like if our phones are at home and it's two fucking 30 in the morning <laughs> and this gets triggered, maybe, I don't know, sound some kind of like buzz. Turn buzz, all the lights arm, on, uh, lock all the, the doors, lights, you know, the police have been called. Who the fuck are you? Turn right. it's alarming. Like, I don't know. Play yeah. something outside. <clears throat> That's actually, um, something I just thought of too. If you had some sort of intercom system out at your little entryway where the, the Zippo man was, <laughs> you, <laughs> you might have been able to talk to him without exposing yourself so maybe an intercom or like like a souped up ring doorbell or something like that might have been a good idea there too yeah and i mean in, and in that case i might um i might have the benefit of having like a really good reddit post where some drunk guy with a truck like stumbles around trying to figure out where the voice of god is coming from <laughs> instead of like dealing with mild post-traumatic stress about resolving to kill somebody because they were you know, <laughs> right just in the completely uh, fucked up situation. Uh, come, uh, by the way, yeah. coming soon on on probably the next <laughs> okay, but why or something. Uh, you could t- you could talk about the the moment that you thought okay, I might have to kill this man. 
so you could you could talk about that on a on a more serious show on the network yeah i mean i think we've been pretty serious on this one but um yeah i mean that's uh, that's not something that people talk about no that's that's um, not something i've ever i've ever had to experience even after you know living in in the area we had our share of of weird encounters but i never felt threatened by any of them um what you described i would have perceived as threatening and i'm sure a lot of our listeners probably would have as well no i Um, sure did sure i think where i i probably would have done the same thing as you like i probably would have gone out and talked to the guy in order to dissuade him from ever coming back again but i don't think i would have been as (laughs) polite as you were so good job (laughs) good job on that um (laughs) uh i i don't know it's it's a weird situation that you do find yourself dealing with in the country like that's that's what's so interesting to me is that these are country situations they're they're not really city situations sometimes you get a crackhead in the city but you can call a cop and just hide in it in indoors and be fine in the country you can't rely on cops like we mentioned earlier and you have to one-to-one interact with these people uh most of the time it's a um you know you rack your shotgun and send them scurrying kind of thing but sometimes it's not it's it's i don't know it's a it's a uniquely country um thing that you have to deal with yeah and i I think that there's there's this broad cultural divide that shows itself in um i I would love to do an okay but why or maybe even a who's hollering like i would be okay if the show got a little bit political at some point if we had the right guest for it Mm -hmm. but just like the notion of and this gets into the weeds a little bit but like you know people are calling for banning the electoral college or um like redoing the way that the senate works because of the um influence that rural America has over city America. Oh yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in rural, rural America with like these fucking weird problems that people who have lived entirely urban lives will not be able exactly. to sympathize with. You're right. And uh, I mean, it's, uh, I don't think people, and I recognize that people in urban situations, probably like you've discovered have all of these concerns that I can't sympathize with at all. Sure. And it's just really hard to, um, understand alternative contexts it's a it is it is yeah, for sure it's a challenge um i was trying to figure out how to bring that home <laughs> uh, was there anything else any other um home automation thoughts that you've had uh we may actually oh, yeah. do but that that actually may be a topic for hoots hollering in the future uh if we get someone that's really into home automation like we are i would love to talk to someone about one their complete setup two what kind of eventualities that they're um planning for because all home automation is just dealing with um events whether it's comfort events or danger events or anything like that and then three the most important one is the y factor that's that's in the home automation (laughs) world that's uh the the level at which you can automate your home and still have your wife be okay with it because in general they're going to be start getting mad at you at some point I've hit that level a couple of times. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, one of the interesting things about home automation. Cause it's one of those things like, um, I can't even think of something else right now, but it's like, it's such a hobbyist area, but it's so close to being ready. <laughs> it's so close, but still such a, a shit show for most of it. And you know, my wife, my wife has a master's degree in English. I've yeah. seen the stuff that she, she's a published novelist and 
Like, you know, I'm like, no, so you have to say master bedroom can lights if you want it to dim those. But if you want to dim the other ones, then it's like, you know, this is bullshit. This is all wrong and you're wrong for doing it. You know what? I can't argue. This is just another language that you have to learn, Devin. (laughs) My wife wife has a degree in technical writing. Like, like (laughs) that's what she went to school for. She she went to school to, to talk to... Uh, normal people about how to automate or how to how to deal with you know technical things and she still hates the the syntax that you have to use to to turn on and off lights for people who aren't like and i'm not this is not a knock on our wives at all but it's a knock not an even knock it's a funny thing about people who just aren't uh hobbyisting with you in these things like i've done <laughs> right. super simple things like if you go into our bedroom and say turn on the lights you know what turns on <laughs> specifically the lamps that we use every single day yeah <laughs> but you know what i can't get devin to say turn on the bedroom turn, lights turn on the lights or turn off the lights it's always uh turn off devin's lamp or turn off thomas's lamp or whatever <laughs> she's like onesie twosies it when really you just want them all off just say turn off the lights it, it, it's smart enough <laughs> You know the you know the the thing that drives me crazy too is that they're right. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, uh, previously you just had a button to push, and if you push the button, the thing happens that you want to happen. But no, well, you have to push this specific part of this one little button. That if it you know if you use more of an accent or if you're sleepy <laughs> or if you're yawning while you ask the button to be pushed, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, or it's like, sorry, we've never heard of Devin's cramps or whatever. You're like, no, it's lamp, lamp. And you no, can't and yell lamp at it because it doesn't you understand. You have to start no. the whole fucking it's chain like, I'm sorry, going cramp, again. I don't know. Or like, you have to start the whole thing over again. And you can't do things like turn off Devin's lamp and the bathroom lights. Like, right. No, oh no. Right. That's, that's, I mean, it's fucking impossible. You have to yeah. do the whole A word, A word over and over again. So really what I'm saying is we're wrong. It's well, it's a shit show. Um, one of the things I will say just kind of as a precursor to that eventual home automation show is that the wife acceptance factor for me has depended on replacing switches instead of bulbs everywhere possible. So the switch is different, but it's still a switch. And so you can just go and push that button just like totally turn it off. Right. Yeah, that so makes that, sense. That's a it's deal. also cheaper to do it that way, honestly. If you have Thanks, yeah. a room full of lights that are controlled by one switch, you just you just uh, you just replace that one switch and you're you're good to yep. go. You don't need to put um, a hue light in every socket that you have available. Yeah, and then get like the special hue software. I mean, there's a lot of ways to stick to open standards for most of these things, especially with switches, so that you don't get Tied into a manufacturer where um, if they're, you know, if, if Philips is like, eh, we're not doing Hue anymore, then all you have is a bunch of garbage because there's no local control of anything. But a lot of the switches you buy, they're just a general open standard. So you can use a cloud service if you want to, but you could actually, like, if that goes away, you could always just bring it in local. It's, um, there's a whole, there's like a whole ecosystem there. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I was looking at today that, um, like, just doing my postmortem and trying to figure out what I want to improve my setup uh, largely revolves around cameras. I want to be able to be notified right. under certain conditions like we talked about. And I really actually want door sensors now. It's one thing yeah. I don't have is door sensors on the exterior. And I feel like knowing if all of those are open or closed when they should or shouldn't be would be super helpful. They also make, I'm not sure if you're interested in this or not, but they also make glass 
sensors for windows so it'll mm-hmm. sense vibrations uh, i don't know that it would sense the creepy dude tapping on the window but in case anything gets broken um and they you know decide to break in a a, a glass window or something like that you could yeah. be alerted there we should look into this as a challenge or something, but um, well, challenge. I think that yeah, challenge. The uh, I think that the Amazon line of uh, Ahoy Dingus products has a mode that will attempt to detect breaking glass. Yes, that's a new and thing so, that they just added to the A L X E A uh, situation. I can't remember what they call it, but it's like Sentry mode or guardian? something like Guardian. Yes, that's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so anything I, that's I think connected that to. On. I think that's probably a good idea. Because we, I mean, I went all in on the uh, the A Word line of products. Because um, at least at the time I was investing, there wasn't a HomePod from Apple, and from what I'm hearing, that's not great anyway. And yeah, Google just squicks me out a lot more than even Amazon does right now. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, if, <laughs> you know, if a if a glass gets broken and you have a Google Home, you'll probably start seeing glass ads. Uh, window ads at some point <laughs> why, why are all my ads like for new windows oh no <laughs> these are window contractors i searched for restaurants nearby <laughs> oh that's grim oh no uh, help me yeah. daddy bezos <laughs> anyway um so yeah I, I think that could be uh, a topic that we do one thing i did want to touch on um aside from the home automation and this is, again, another tease to the the newest OK But Why, which should be coming out soon. I'm sure... Uh, so, uh, Devin was on that show, right? Uh, yeah, she was. And she was taking the anti-gun stance, correct? Uh, yes. OK. Yeah, Do you want to tease a little bit of, has her stances changed a little bit on guns? And if so, um, how do you see it changing going forward this is probably like a you guys should do an okay but why version two uh with these you know yeah since this has happened now and that w- that was kind of funny one of the things that happened i think we recorded that okay but why right after the first story but before the second oh okay i didn't realize that if i'm remembering that right and so Devin's position has always been if i could just like summarize for her that she doesn't like guns. If she had her druthers, then they would not exist and never existed. Mm-hmm. But she's kind of okay with having a partner who's responsible and can take on that burden, especially living out in the country where weirdos show up at your door. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and then, you know, several days later, the, right. the latest thing happens. And um, I mean, I don't want to say too much for her, but um, she was interested in learning some basic weapon handling today where she wasn't before. Yeah. And so, um, there's a certain amount of that that is, and I feel it too. It's why I ordered a fucking, I, a couple of IP cameras to start testing, uh, my home automation upgrades is like, you feel like whenever something happens that makes you feel like you are losing control of yourself, your safety or whatever, then you need to, like go to something to kind of bring that back in, like, you know, make you feel like you're making positive steps towards regaining your autonomy and your safety and stuff. And Mm -hmm. like, just again, it's a story really, when you think about it, where nothing happened, but from the, I mean, I'm going to be just honest, you know, we're pretty privileged people, you know, living up here where we're very rarely bothered by any kind of crime, but there is something to be said about a loss of safety where, you know, somebody who 
is obviously not at a stable place in their life, has been to your house and has looked in your windows and like stood outside your office door and eyeballed your PC and your 3D printer that they yeah. see through that door and just like, you know, it's, it's disconcerting. Um, and there's almost like a safety and anonymity when you kind of just feel like nobody who would do you harm knows you're there or knows what you have. And so now we've got a couple of fucking weirdos who have just like been all up looking at all of our shit. And that's not the same as, and unfortunately I've never, I've never been burgled or anything. So I don't know what that experience is like, but it's going to be somewhat like in the same vein. It's similar. Yeah. Uh, you don't feel safe in your own house. You know, someone's been there that wasn't supposed to be there. Even if, um, so in, in my case, I mentioned a couple times, um, you know, we, we lived in, in the sticks as well. Uh, people came in and they did, didn't, they actually didn't steal anything valuable at all. They stole like some Cokes or some, something stupid that we had and they, uh, destroyed our VCR or something. This was back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. uh, but even though, like you said, nothing happened, it's still like the ghost of them is still there. Even if there's not a physical person there, you almost see the path they took to get to these items of non-interest and back out. You almost see exactly what happened. And then your mind starts going and you start thinking, well, what else did they do while they were here? Uh, What else could they do if they they, came back? That's exactly what I was about to say. How easy is it for them to get back in what would happen if they got back in and we were here? So it's it's a form of torture that your own mind plays on you, even though the threat is, for all intents and purposes, the threat is gone. If they're druggies, they probably have completely forgotten about what road they took to get there or anything like that. It's just, it is internal and you 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 feel like you just have to do something to make yourself feel better. Um, no matter what that something is in most cases, yeah. it's, you know, for our, for our dads, it's probably, uh, get more guns resolve to shoot anybody as soon as they step foot on our property. <laughs> that's what happens in the country. So yeah, yeah that's yeah. that. And then for us, it's, uh, early warning systems, uh, a way to confront these people without putting myself into physical danger those kinds of things. Yeah, and I mean, to be clear, I do also want more guns, but that's not in a direct response to this particular incident. It's just a general <laughs> right. uh, a drive of mine. Uh, no, <laughs> By the I, way, I how's, think your gun, how's your gun budget um, ballooned over the last 24 hours? I, th- I think that um, I'm, I'm this close to getting a, a suppressor, <laughs> like, uh, sort of co-opted. Like, I've no, got the Department of, loud, of Defense so, yeah. on... Um, on speed dial now. <laughs> yeah, they, they they say that if I want that F thirty five that I have to put down a down payment. <laughs> I told them there was a meth head at my door once and they started sending drones, so you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean you could do the thing where the like the local sheriff's departments apply for like the old war on terror gear so I could get like an <laughs> right. uh, armored personnel carrier or something, just drop shit. <laughs> Thirty five bucks. Yeah. Uh no, I mean that's the thing. And so Devin uh, Devin's kind of in that mode where um, she knows I'm not going to be around all the time. And so we've gone over some basic weapon handling stuff and she's interested in learning more about that domain. I don't know like how much of that will stick past the initial like freak out. Sure. And there's a, like that's super complicated. Like you have to be super cautious whenever somebody is 
like interested in assuming power as a direct reaction to something like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty self-aware people. And so, um, that's not something I'm super worried about, but, um, we did go out shooting some today just so that I could walk her through like a couple of different options she would have. Like if she wanted me to make sure that something was available, if I was going to be out of town or whatever. And, um, like she was more interested just in shooting than she was. It's almost like she, um, kind of gave it a little bit more of a chance. So I, th- I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, we can talk about it on the, okay, but why in <laughs> whenever that follow-up occurs, <laughs> right. Just see where everything's at. I think more, more than any other show on the network. Okay. But why is the show that deserves multi-part stories? I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was uh, that was your eventful June so far. You're you're halfway through the month, so uh-huh. you know hopefully hopefully nothing <laughs> else happens. Um, what yeah, we've learned today other. is that you probably shouldn't put yourself in the path of a of a potentially crazy person. You should pay attention if any animals uh, get electrocuted nearby. Um, <laughs> maybe your good deed yeah, with so the, far, so the first, uh, maybe your good deed with the first people, uh, actually helped you out of the situation. Maybe it was a karma uh, thing. Yeah. I kind of charged the perimeter with the good deed. Yeah, exactly. Then, uh, yeah. That, that poor crow kind of, kind of ate it for me. <laughs> it was a blood sacrifice for, for <laughs> Thor or Odin or whatever. Ah, <laughs> oh, the all father watches me. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I think yeah, it's, just, it's been, it's been weird, dude. It's been real weird. Yeah. Um, woof. <laughs> so just, uh, just as a, I don't want to keep this going, but I am, I am awfully curious. No, sure. Um, from the get go, what would you do differently next time? Let's say you haven't actually changed anything about yourself or about your house. You haven't changed any setup or anything like that. What would, how would you actually walk through this now that you've been through this situation once before? You know, there's, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I, I kind of feel like it is an internal struggle that I'm having. Um, because my instinct is still to go out and confront, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's, I don't say confront like in a super gung ho macho kind of way, but like if there's somebody out there and it's not like, you know, a bunch of guys waving guns around looking to like burn my house down, then I, I almost feel like it's it's a civic duty to have a conversation. It's, it's a, um, it's an unknown, which you need to make known. You need to know if that person is there maliciously or if, I mean, you honestly, you know what? You had the, the best interaction with both cases, the first time the person was not there maliciously, they were, granted, they they might have been on drugs, but they were probably, you know, they, they just needed help, and you were yeah, able to yeah, do that. Yeah. The second time, a little bit more squeaky, uh, a little bit less um, of a cut and dry case, but you still needed to know, was that person there that genuinely needed help, or was that person there that you know, potentially meant to cause you harm. You actually did need yeah. to know that. No, you're not wrong. And I think it's, it's another part of that, uh, that quote unquote country dynamic. Right. Um, I mean, everybody, everybody out here is a family or a friend or a neighbor. Like even, even the undesirables right. are in those categories. 
And I don't know. It would just be so hard not to go out and see what was going on. Now, I definitely would have managed um, like coordinating with Devin better. Like I would have yeah. definitely had her call the sheriff's department and like get to a more safe place with the kids while I maybe more carefully evaluated what was going on. <laughs> Do you think there's a, um, there's a situation in which she calls the cops and is able to back you up from some other position at some, you know, some point? Oh, I, I think that that get that gets kind of into like conspiracy theory sorts of weeds. Um, like I, I kind of feel like if you want to talk about it from a strategic angle, um, if you have the luxury of two adults in the house, then one should just be tasked with securing yeah, that's true. the kids and then the other can work on evaluations. That's a good if, point. Like, if you can secure the kids and make the call of the sheriffs, cause I mean the kind of the other side, like there's the country part of me just wants to like go out and tell somebody who's having a bad time to go home. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the Andy Griffith ass way to do things. And that's like, that's always going to be what. I want to do and what I'm going to have to like fight against if it's not the right thing. But I mean, the other side of that coin is that this, I mean, this guy was high or drunk or whatever, and he was driving his truck around. Um, there's, there's kind of a civic responsibility to make sure that like, I don't, I, I have no responsibility to stop him, but I, um, I feel like if I was redoing it, I would have more of a responsibility to loop in the sheriff's department just to see like if he could get picked up, on a DUI faster because I helped call it in, then that would be a net win. Sure. Just because that's less likely he's going to crash into a bus of nuns or orphans or whatever. <laughs> and I mean, not, not to be glib about it. That's dangerous as shit. Yeah, right. It's just but, the, the bus mean, of nuns imagery is funniest to me still. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of the extreme, but there's, there's definitely a, a reluctance to loop in an additional authority. Uh, and, that again, that's the oof. country mentality. You don't call the cops. Well, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm torn between the, uh, like the country mentality and also the hyper progressive mentality that I have <laughs> because I mean, you don't call the cops because mm-hmm. you're a country person. Also, you don't call the cops because most of the time they just shoot people who, you know, are having trouble. So I you've mean, got the like, worst of both worlds at this point. <laughs> I kind of do. There's like, I, I have very little room in my head for positive interactions with police forces just cause I haven't had any, I mean, <laughs> you know, and so like anytime I'm thinking about calling the cops, it's like, well, I mean, I mean, I could shoot him or they could shoot him. No, that, that's good. Um, but you, you know what I mean? It's like it's natural right. resistance and it just builds and builds. Yeah. Man, there's so many topics that we should probably explore at some point, but not today. No, I mean, I think it would be cool to explore the notion of self-defense um, as a thing. It's one of the things that um, before this month, before fucking rando started showing up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin was much more of a pure pacifist. Like her position was like, I don't know if I could like use force to stop somebody, even if it meant I was being harmed. Yeah. And like, I don't know where she's at on that now. It feels like she might be shifting temporarily or not, but like, um, you know, just, and also the idea of like, I have no desire to kill anyone, but I recognize that in that moment, the only way I could have stopped him if he was aggressive might have led sure. to his death. And that's like, I mean, like I said, I'm still kind of struggling with that. That was, that was heavy. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's just a good thing. You didn't actually have to do it. It's a lot of paperwork. <laughs> the one thing that we can't stand is paperwork. 
That's why I don't call the sheriffs. <laughs> Too much paperwork. Okay. You well, the bank? Is, is there any way to end this on, an, on a light note? Yeah, thanks for hollering. A Hoots Media Production. Hoot, 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 ho